Hello friends, Sagan here. Welcome back to Indie Author Weekly, where I share my behind-the-scenes journey of writing and self-publishing books. If you are new to this podcast, I'm a productivity strategist for multi-passionate creatives at saganmorrow.com. I help people manage their time and energy effectively through customized, actionable strategies that work for your unique life and business. When I'm not teaching about productivity to solopreneurs, I spend my time writing romance novels and occasionally business books. And that is what this podcast is all about, the adventures of the author life. Now, let's get into this episode of the Indie Author Weekly podcast. Today, I want to do something a little different than usual. I want to share with you my own author commentary while rereading my Polyamorous Passion series that I wrote. Okay, here's the thing. When you write a series of books, you 100% need to reread your previously published works to ensure that you don't have glaring potholes or character inconsistencies when you are writing a new book in the series. And honestly, if you aren't in the right frame of mind to reread your previously published books, it can feel weird or uncomfortable to do this. I typically reread my previously published works at least twice all the way through every single time I write a new novel in the series. I skim over the books before I begin writing the new book in the series so that I have a general gist of the idea of the storyline and the characters. And then I do a much more thorough reread after writing the first full draft of the latest novel. And I usually like to do another skim through each of the previously published books before publishing that latest book, just to do a final double check and make sure that I didn't miss any last final details. This is good practice to instill in yourself if you write a series of connected books. I mean, think about it. If a reader comes along and picks up the first book in the series after all of them have already been been written, um, they are going to enjoy the rest of the series that much more if there's consistency between all of the books. Likewise, for anyone who has been reading your books right from the start, you owe it to your readers to have consistency in the plot and characters and storyline from one book to the next. Sidebar. If you find it unwieldy to keep track of writing a series of books, then I share some tips for managing all of it in episode 48 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast. End of sidebar. Now, all of this doesn't mean that it doesn't still sometimes feel weird to reread your own published works on a routine basis. And given the transparent nature of everything in my business, and given that this Indie Author Weekly podcast is all about the behind the scenes sneak peek of the author life, I thought it could just be kind of fun to share with you my internal commentary on my books during my most recent reread of them. For context, I am currently writing book seven in the Polyamorous Passion series entitled Her Bad Idea. This is the longest I have gone in between writing any of my books in this series since I started writing it in summer 2018. So I was reminded of all kinds of things that I'd kind of forgotten about when I was rereading the series. 
Um, and these are basically while I was going through them, I just jotted down notes for every single chapter. So that's kind of what I want to share with you, my notes in real time as I was going through them. I definitely had a glass of wine when I started rereading the series and making my notes. So grab your own glass of wine or whatever favorite beverage you have, and let's go through the Polyamorous Passions series together. By the way, if you haven't read the stories yet, then the first one in this series is free, and you can actually get the entire box set of all of the current books, which are also going to include all future books in the series for a total steal of a deal um, at saganmorrow.com books. So definitely grab your copies of these books um, and you can just sort of follow along while I'm giving this commentary. For today's episode, I want to share my commentary about the first three books in the series, which covers Emma's story. The Polyamorous Passion series is basically divided into three trilogies. Books one to three follow Emma's story, books four to six follow Helen's story, and books seven to nine will follow Scarlet's story. Each trilogy, by the way, is also dedicated to someone different. The first trilogy featuring Emma's stories is dedicated to my dear friend Fiona, who is the first who is the person who first got me into reading romance novels back in high school and who has been so supportive of my polyamorous lifestyle and my romance author career right from the beginning. Now, if you want to learn more about the background to this entire series, I did answer some frequently asked questions in episode 51 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast. So you can totally tune into that one to learn a little bit about how I started writing the Polyamorous Passion series in the first place. Okay, with all of that out of the way, grab your favorite beverage of any kind and let's sit down for my author commentary of the Polyamorous Passion series, part one, starting with Emma's story in book one, A Choice Between Two. This story is really about figuring out that polyamory exists and starting the discussion about it in general. Chapter one. Okay, the meet-cute between Emma and Carlos is legitimately adorable. And fun fact, the cornbread incident is based on a real-life incident of me accidentally taking too big of a bite of an appetizer at a networking event. I love taking inspiration from random real-life events. There wasn't a situation of a handsome man standing right there for me. It was just a matter of me taking too big of a bite. But... It's kind of fun to just take, you know, these random things that happen and take them in a totally different direction um, in the stories that we write. Chapter two, you can totally see how I've already incorporated bits of myself into my three main characters. Um, Really, you know, kind of funny random things again. Emma loves sitting with her back to the wall at any establishment that she's in so that she can see the door. Helen is extremely single-minded. Scarlet is dressed very inappropriately. You know, all of that is kind of me in a nutshell. Um, And fun fact, even though I am not like Helen in a lot of her personality or her um, like sort of values and what she wants out of life, um, we do share a scarf adoration. (laughs) I also have a scarf collection, just like she does. 
Another fun fact, I am a huge fan of the chai tea lattes at 4th Cafe here in Winnipeg, which is partly what my Aces and Spades Cafe and Wine Lounge is based on in this Polyamorous Passion series. Chapter 3. If you live in Winnipeg, you might be interested in knowing that the park that Emma and Carlos hang out in is loosely based on Munson Park. And by the way, Emma is named after two of my favorite characters, Emma in the Jane Austen novel, and also Emma from Once Upon a Time. Emma's last name is Jones, which is a nod to Bridget Jones' Diary, and that is a book I have read countless times over the past 15 or so years. And Carlos is named after another favorite character of mine from my extremely beloved Resident Evil movie obsession. Getting back to the content in this chapter. Emma thinking about furniture in this sentence about her apartment. Okay, here's the sentence. If she didn't look at it lovingly, then it wasn't allowed in the door. The same, it seemed, was true for men. (laughs) And of course, she totally lets Carlos in. Love it. By the way, Frank is named after my old roommate's female snake. I, you know, my roommate was great. He was wonderful. And I adored his snake as well. She was such a little sweetie. Um, Her name was Frank. So Emma's cat is named after her in an homage. You might have noticed that I'm really into homages in my books. Okay, last comment about this chapter. Emma's favorite flowers are buttercups, which is a total nod to the Princess Bride, um, which will always and forever be one of my most favorite stories of all time. Chapter four. I really enjoy the contrast, like how this contrasts the differences between our three main characters of the Polyamorous Passion series, Emma, Helen, and Scarlett. The most consistent feedback I have received from readers is how much they really enjoy the interactions between these three very different people. And I think chapter four of this book is a great exploration of the beginning of that. Also, there is so much foreshadowing at the end of this chapter about what's to come with Helen. Chapter 5. Okay, by now, you know that I like naming my characters after my own favorite characters from other stories. Um, So it's worth noting here that Yvonne is named after the character in Casablanca, and Glenn is straight from The Walking Dead. The conversation between our three main characters in this chapter about being a bad feminist? Yes, very into it. Also, this is such a great reminder. This chapter is such a great reminder of how completely different the experiences are between Emma, Helen, and Scarlett. It reminds me about why I wanted to tell their stories with their completely different backgrounds. Chapter six. Ooh, okay, I'm pretty sure this is the first reference to that concept of make your own rules, which is the tagline of this polyamorous passion series. And it's also my entire business philosophy with the productivity side of things, too. This is when Emma also figures out about the concept of polyamory, and she identifies some absolutely fantastic real-life resources, FYI. So if you're interested in learning more about polyamory, um, the resources that Emma discovers are legit resources that you can actually also track down, you know, on the internet or whatever it happens to be. Chapter seven. Ooh, we find out about Scarlett's unrequited crush for the first time, which totally comes up again 
and again throughout the series. Very into that. Um, her crush is named after Wesley from The Princess Bride, but of course. Chapter 8. I think that the way Emma describes polyamory to Carlos and John in the context of having more than one child or more than one best friend is just so important. It's a really pivotal moment. There's a great nod to the differences in love languages between Emma and John in this chapter too. Also, Siren Smoke is totally based on Winnipeg's own Dirty Catfish Brass Band. Chapter 9. I love how much this chapter emphasizes the sincere value and, and importance of female friendships, which is, you know, such an important key theme throughout all of these books. Moving along to book two in the Polyamorous Passion series, Gaming the System. This story begins a few months after the previous book ends, and it's about coming out as polyamorous and making mistakes along the way. Chapter one, the comment about Emma needing alone time to figure stuff out is a really big thing. Alone time matters, even if, or even perhaps especially when, you are polyamorous. Taking time for yourself is really important. Chapter two, John asks some common questions about polyamory. Things like, who do you think about the most? Or what is or isn't okay to do in public? By the way, Oliver's Cocktail Company is based on Laneside Grocery here in Winnipeg. And I don't think I mentioned it, but John is named after Mr. Big in Sex and the City. Chapter three, Emma and Carlos are also both starting to realize that they need to create more defined boundaries around their relationship. I also remember being hungry when I wrote that restaurant scene. Usually if food is involved in my novels, it's because I'm hungry at the time. Chapter four, sexting two people at once is the most Emma thing ever. This chapter includes a nod to the title of the book when Emma comes out to another friend. And go Emma for taking disapproving reactions in stride. The knee-jerk reaction that her friend has about what's normal or the right thing to do is a pretty realistic response when many people hear about polyamory for the first time. Chapter five. Aw, the friendship between Emma and Glenn makes my heart happy. That's a relationship that I would like to explore more in a future set of short stories featuring the Polyamorous Passions characters. The risks that Emma mulls over regarding polyamory and her career aren't trivial either. There are many different considerations to explore. Chapter 6. Ooh, Carlos wants to meet John. What's going to happen from here? Chapter 7. Helen mentioning that Emma makes polyamory look good might be a bit of foreshadowing for what happens a couple books later. And aw, Emma recognizes her own fears and decides to face them in this chapter. Chapter 8. In the final chapter of this book, John and Carlos might do a little bit of bonding over a shared appreciation of a book that me and my spouse actually love in real life. You'll have to read Gaming the System to get the inside scoop on that. And you can grab your copy of this book and all the others, of course, in the Polyamorous Passion series at saganmorrow.com books. Okay, the final story that I wanted to give you commentary about today for this episode is book three in the Polyamorous Passion series, Make Me Forget. This story begins a few months after the previous book ends, and it concludes Emma's trilogy. It explores dating as a means to get over heartache, 
and I would say it's probably the most emotional in the series. Chapter 1. No, John. No, no, no. Aw, poor Emma. He's leaving her. Chapter 2. Of course Emma runs into John when she is so not prepared for it. Isn't that always how it works? Chapter 3. Okay, poor Emma again, because her first rebound date is just... Yikes. Good thing that Scarlet can be so assertive when she wants to be. Chapter 4. I wrote these scenes um, that are set in Paris shortly after my spouse, Mr. Science, and I went on a trip to Paris. Couldn't resist incorporating our vacation into one of my novels. Emma shutting down a guy when he comments on her appetite is delightful. And I like that the, the uh, conversation that Emma and Helen have about relationship goals and life goals. It's a good one. Chapter 5. Fun fact. Vesper martinis are one of my all-time favorite cocktails. Um, if you enjoy cocktails and you have not had a Vesper martini yet, I would highly recommend. Emma, Helen, and Scarlett assessing men on dating apps. This was a really fun scene to write, and it's a pretty accurate portrayal of what happens among friends. And I think is kind of funny, you know, in a in a life imitating art sort of experience. I think it was just a few months after this book was published that I had almost that exact same real life experience with a couple of friends of mine, which is pretty funny. Okay, Emma's whole problem with people who have last names as their first names, or people who are named after celebrities, yes, I am definitely making fun of myself, since the famous person that I share my name with is Carl Sagan. And I mean, if you can't make fun of yourself while writing a book, then what's the point? For the record, I really do love my own name, even if Emma would not approve of it. Lastly, the STI advice that Scarlett gives Emma is excellent, and everyone should follow it. So go read the last couple of pages of this chapter and take that advice to heart. Chapter six. Aw, Emma meets Troy. I really like Troy. He's such a sweetie. And their interactions during this chapter are pretty cute. Chapter seven. Emma is definitely putting out a particular vibe these days that attracts a lot of different people. My goodness. Towards the end of this chapter, when Helen calls Emma out on her drinking, that is touching on a pretty relevant societal issue. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty relevant. And I think that a lot of people can definitely relate to the gray area of all of that. Um, so that felt like just an important sort of piece to include. Chapter 8. Okay, the fantasy erotica that Scarlett is caught reading is actually something I wrote a draft of years ago. I'm looking forward to rewriting and publishing it sometime in the next couple of years. Stay tuned for that. Chapter 9. Aw, poor Troy. Don't worry, I have a sneaking suspicion he's going to make an appearance toward the end of this series. Also, the Relationship Rebel shirt that Scarlett gives Emma is a real-life shirt that you can grab for yourself. I wear mine all the time. You can order yours at saganmorrow.com slash shop. Chapter 10. Okay, when I was reading this, I was trying so hard not to squeal out loud. But yay, John! Oh, it's a bit of a fun twist what happens with John in this chapter. It's a very satisfying end to Emma's story. 
Okay, there you have it. That is part one of our author commentary while while rereading the Polyamorous Passion series. Um, You can read these books at saganmorrow.com slash books or search Polyamorous Passions on your favorite ebook store. So that concludes Emma's trilogy in this nine-book Polyamorous Passion series, but of course we do see more of her on the sidelines in the rest of these books. And, you know, I, I was wanting to be careful to not like give you too many spoilers if you haven't read these books yet um which is why i'm being kind of vague with some of these chapters so i really hope that i haven't you know given too many spoilers um i i don't think that i have i think everything that i was kind of talking about are all things that you can like read from the from the blurb on the book um and as we as we all know when it comes to romance novels um really the only requirement really of a romance novel is that it has a happily ever after ending right it has has a happy a happy ending so um we know that everything's going to work out for all the characters in romance novels so really you know there's not there's not too many spoilers here okay so Next week, we will do part two of our author commentary. So I will, we'll be discussing Helen's trilogy, which are the next three books in the series, books four to six. Um, So it'll be very similar to this. I will, again, try not to give you spoilers, but sort of give you my thoughts as I'm reading through each chapter. Now, I would really love to hear your thoughts on all of this. Um, Did you enjoy this author commentary? Which of these three books was your favorite to read? And do you have a particular scene that you really loved? Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at SaganLives to chat about it. And you can send me a message on either of those platforms if you have requests for future episode topics too. The more that you tell me what you would like to see more of on this podcast, the better I can accommodate that. You can also submit your question or topic ideas anonymously at saganmorrow.com question. If you enjoyed this episode, please take two minutes to share this podcast on social media and rate it on Apple Podcasts. Anytime that you share it or leave a rating or a review, it helps more listeners find the Indie Author Weekly podcast, so every bit counts. I really appreciate your support. By the way, you can access complete word-for-word transcripts of this episode and all past episodes, plus sample chapters of my books and a few other bonuses and goodies on the secret version of this podcast. Get access to all of that at saganmorrow.com slash secret podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.